Welcome back. Before we get to this week's show, I want to share something exciting. We've talked Arjon into doing a special live podcast episode where he answers your questions. If you would like to ask Arjon a question about business, marketing, mindset, financials, or anything else related to entrepreneurship, send your question via email to teamarjon at gmail.com. That's T-E-A-M-R-J-O-N at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome Inside the Vault. This is a collection of previously unreleased lessons from eight-figure entrepreneurial mastermind Arjun Robbins. And in case you didn't see the warning label, this content can be explicit and is for serious entrepreneurs only. Today, we're diving deep into the vault, pulling out a lesson from Arjun's members-only meeting in July 2013 in Miami, where he teaches you how to stop networking randomly and instead build a referral marketing machine that will produce business for years to come. Let's go to the vault. Working with Arjan is like having a shortcut to future you. Every time I can have an opportunity to spend time with Arjan, I try to take it and be a sponge. I thought everyone was crazy. You know, they were running to the front of the stage to see this person. Arjun's wearing his crazy shirt. You know, he drinks tiger blood in the morning just for fun, and he's like breathing down my throat. Sometimes it's terrifying to work with him. It's like he's looking into your soul, but it's, it's growth the whole way. Let's just get right into it. I'm going to read a couple of passages from some books. While all of you are out practicing law and while all of you are out uh, taking CLE programs on the substantive practice of law and becoming better bankruptcy attorneys and better immigration attorneys and better litigators and better family law attorneys and better everything else, I am focusing on studying and working on becoming better at helping you build million and multi-million dollar law firms. So I read a lot of these books and I try to save you time by sharing passages in various books at each quarterly meeting. So for those of you who are new, um, I hope you like this, because I do this a lot. There exists a form of power and intelligence that represents the high point of human potential. It is the source of the greatest achievements and discoveries in history. It is an intelligence that is not taught in our schools nor analyzed by professors, but almost all of us at some point have had glimpses of it in our own experience. It often comes to us in a period of tension, facing a deadline, the urgent need to solve a problem, a crisis of sorts, or it can come as the result of constant work on a project. In any event, pressed by circumstances, we feel unusually energized and focused. Our minds become completely absorbed in the task before us. This intense concentration sparks all kinds of ideas. They come to us as we fall asleep out of nowhere, as if springing from our unconscious. At these times, other people seem less resistant to our influence. Perhaps we are more attentive to them, or we appear to have a special power that inspires their respect. I'm going to reread that because this is something that you can actually begin to bring with you into networking events that will make your networking events that much more or exponentially more productive for you. 
our minds become completely absorbed in the task before us. That task before us that I'm referring to is not going to the networking event to try to drum up business. That is not what networking is about. That is, that is the opposite of what you should be doing when you're going to networking events. You're not going to networking events to sell your services. You're going to networking events to cultivate a referral, a, 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 a network of referral sources. Write that down. I am not going to a networking event to sell my services. I go to networking events, you go to networking events to meet and cultivate referral sources. That is the purpose of networking. And that, in a nutshell, is exactly why most lawyers screw up their networking so bad and don't get good results. Because they go to networking events for the wrong reason, with the wrong mindset and the wrong strategy. They go there to sell, we go there to now, the intense concentration that I'm referring to, that the, the, our minds become completely absorbed by the task before us, that is your purpose. That is your mission. That is your higher, your higher calling. That is your art form. That is why you have your law firm. Your law firm is just a vehicle for you to make a change in the world. Your law firm is a platform for you to share your message. You've got to understand why you were put on this planet. And your law firm is just there to help you do that. That's why we spend so much time. For those of you who are just joining us and going into the Create a Successful Law Practice program, in the beginning, you're going to think, why are these people spending so much time on this magic statement? And you're going to want to get to the marketing. Get me to the marketing. I want to get some sales. I promise you, you see all these hands going up with people who are, raising, who are increasing their income by 25%, 50%, 100% in just 12 months and sometimes much less than that. You've got to do the homework. You've got to do the groundwork and really get clear on what's your magic statement and what is your purpose, right? Everyone who knows me knows that my purpose is to expose and crush the doctrine of sacrifice that is ruining the legal industry. Because the legal industry is indoctrinating us and teaching us in law school that we're supposed to suffer. That you can't have a successful law firm unless you punish yourself. Last, at the last quarterly meeting, we saw the president of the American Bar Association. Her, first, we had one of our very own members get up here and tell a story about how, about how he's got this great life and got his policies and systems and procedures in place and took a two-week vacation with his daughter and then you've got the, American, the, the president of the American Bar Association saying it can't be done and teaching us as attorneys that we're supposed to embrace the suffering. That is my purpose. That is what drives me. That is, my, that is what my mind is completely absorbed in. And, and for those who, who have spoken with Allie or Brian or any of my, my friends or family, this is the shit that I talk about when I'm out at dinner not working. I can't help myself, right? That is what each of you needs to tap into and embrace something that really drives you. You've got to be here for more than just being a lawyer. You've got to be willing, you've got to, be willing to be someone who can inspire others. Every one of you has something inside of you that can inspire other people. You can use your law firm as a vehicle to do that. And when you do, I promise you, you'll have a more profitable law firm, 
you'll have a more stress-free law firm. You'll have a much more personally satisfying law firm. You'll have better staff. You'll have better clients. Everything will be better. This intense concentration sparks all kinds of ideas. They come to us as we fall asleep out of nowhere, out of springing from our unconscious. At these times, other people seem less resistant to our influence. Perhaps we are more attentive to them, or we appear to have a special power that inspires their respect. When you go to networking events and you have a purpose like that, you will become devastatingly effective at cultivating referrals for your firm. Which brings us to, you must expose yourself to good thinkers. Spend time with the right people. The author of this book that I'm reading, How Successful People Think, John Maxwell, wrote, As I worked on this section and bounced my ideas off some key people so that my thoughts would be stretched, I realized something about myself. All of the people in my life whom I consider to be close friends or colleagues, they are thinkers. Now, I love all people. I try to be kind to everyone I meet, and I desire to add value to as many people as I can through conferences, books, audio lessons, etc. But the people I seek out and choose to spend my free time with all challenge me with their thinking and their actions. They are constantly trying to grow and learn. That's true of my wife, my close friends, the executives who run my companies, every one of them is a good thinker. The writer of Proverbs observed that sharp people sharpen one another just as iron sharpens iron. If you want to be a sharp thinker, be around sharp people. Now, here's the sad reality. The sad reality is that most of the networking events you're going to go to to cultivate referral sources for your law firm are not necessarily going to be full of sharp thinkers. Very often, the opposite is true, and you come away from those networking events, if you're not careful, thinking your thinking has dulled, right? It's taking the edge off. You go to a networking event, and you hear conversation after conversation after conversation about how it can't be done, it shouldn't be done, no one's ever done it, right? The economy is terrible, no one's got any money. I mean... You could, be, you could be excused if you started to doubt yourself. That's why it's so important to come to these live quarterly meetings. That's why it's so important to participate actively on the discussion forum. That's why it's so important to make sure that you're careful and strategic and deliberate about who you spend your time with to sharpen your thinking. You'll notice, by the way, those of you who are new, that the people who raised their hands who are talking about increasing the revenue by 25%, 50%, 100%, they're the ones who come to these meetings. They're the ones who you know, are, are showing up at these events to sharpen their thinking. Okay, so some of you are thinking, screw you, Arjun, you, know, you money-hungry, whatever. You know, it's not about the money. It's about you know, my free time. So I'll do it a different way. How many, of you have you, how many of you have been with me for six months, nine months, or longer? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hands up if you get to spend more time with your family now than you did a year ago. Keep your hands up if the time you spend with your family is more quality time and you're more present during that time. Thank you. That's what it's all about. The money is an effect. It's not the objective. If you run your law firm the right way, 
if you put these processes and policies and systems and procedures and all the stuff that we're teaching you, if you show up for the quarterly meetings, if you participate on the discussion forum, if you work with your assigned managing partner or your assigned chief operating officer or your assigned CFO, depending on what program you're in, you will have a better life. You will become a happier lawyer. And then the money will follow. That's the way this really works. So be careful who you spend your time with, because remember, iron sharpens iron. This is from a really great book. Uh, the top 10 distinctions between millionaires and the middle class. Chapter four. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Well, I am. It's a short chapter. Uh, now, I got to just warn you. At one part in what I'm about to read, you're going to think this is going to get a little creepy, but it doesn't. One day I was in a sub shop buying myself lunch. A man about 19 years old served me. The total came to just under $5. I paid him with a $10 bill. When he handed me a $5 bill and some change, I put the coins in my pocket and handed him the $5 bill. Here, this is for you, I said. For a second, he looked confused. Then he said, are you serious? Yes, I said. Holy crap, he exclaimed. He couldn't believe it. His response to my giving him only $5 was amazing. His, uh, about a week later, I returned to the same sub shop. This time, an older black woman served me. My bill was almost $8, so I paid her with a $20 bill. When she gave me the change, I kept a couple of dollars and gave her a $10 bill. Here, this is for you, I said. She said, for real? Yes, I said. God bless you. She then emphatically said, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Her response to me made me smile as I walked out the front door. I couldn't have bought anything for 5 or $10 that gave me the pleasure I enjoyed from their reactions. Being generous is fun. It feels great when you give from the heart. I have, a re I have given total strangers money on numerous occasions and will continue to do so throughout my life. Uh, we did an exercise a while ago, and I encourage each of you to try giving a $100 bill to a total stranger. Now, for those of you who are new, the purpose of this exercise was to help you understand just how messed up your relationship with money really is, right? Because if you can't even be comfortable giving $100 away to a total stranger, how the hell are you supposed to ask people to pay you tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars for your services, right? Now, the rules of this exercise were the person is not a panhandler because panhandlers don't have a problem receiving money from other people. They're actually very comfortable receiving money from other people. If you want to learn a lot about your relationship with money, go hang around, like, you know, hang around with a panhandler. I'm really serious. Go hang around the panhandler. They don't have any inhibitions about receiving money from strangers. You know who else doesn't have any inhibitions about receiving uh, money and value and great things from strangers? Babies. Children expect the world 
to be a kind, generous, giving, safe place. But then it gets beaten out of us by people and their fears and their inhibitions and their insecurities. Panhandlers basically have had to break through those inhibitions. So you want to know just how weird your money relationship is, go and try to give someone $100. Now, again, not a panhandler, not someone who has done a service for you of any kind, right? Not someone who comes and they wash your windows and they put your hand out and expect change and you give them a $100 bill. They, they're comfortable receiving money. Total stranger, just walk up to a stranger and say, here, here's $100, I'd like you to have this. And watch how weird you feel. Learn from that. Now you're thinking, oh, well, can I do it with a $50 bill? Yes, you can be with a, you know. How about, a, how about a 20? You are worth making this investment in yourself to do it with a $100 bill. You're, you're worth it. You really are. We're talking about helping you build a million-dollar law firm. I think it's worth investing $100 to learn how to build a million-dollar law firm. Right? It's a good habit to be generous, to make sure money never controls you. I once heard a spiritual teacher tell of a test you can do to see if you possess your money or if your money possesses you. The test, give it away. If you can do that, then you possess your money. If you can't, then your money possesses you. I'm going to, I'm going, in the interest of time, I'm not going to go off into a set, in, into, into a side bend on what money really is. Uh, for those of you who weren't at the, I forgot which quarterly meeting it is. I think it was on, uh, on sales. It was the one on sales a, a few quarters back. I gave a lesson on what money really is because most people have no idea what money is. And because they don't understand what money is, they, they, they feel like they lack money. And none of you lack money. All of you have more money than you even know. You can give, it, you can give that cash away. It's just currency. It's not money. Um, one time I was driving down, now this is where it gets me weird. One day I was driving down the main streets in town. It was about 9 PM. I, it was rainy and there was a chill in the air. I passed a young woman walking on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm not in the habit of picking up strange women. <laughs> it's not becoming that kind of meeting. Don't worry. But I felt bad for her having to walk in the cold rain. I turned my truck around and went to ask if she needed a ride. She accepted and got in the front seat behind me. I asked where she was headed. She told me. It was quiet for a few seconds. Then she asked, can I touch you? I had accidentally picked up a prostitute. I laughed and I said, no, you can't touch me. With a frightened voice, she said, you're a cop, aren't you? Again, I laughed and said, no, I'm not a cop. Then why won't you let me touch you? I showed her my wedding ring and I said, because I am a very happily married man. She sincerely apologized apologized, and I asked her, look, if I give you some money, will you not go out on the streets tonight? She immediately replied, yes, definitely. I asked her what made her feel like she had to resort to prostitution to make money. The tone of her voice dropped when she answered, I have two small children at home and I have to get groceries for them. My mom, my mom is watching them right now for me. I sensed she was telling me the truth, so I offered to take her to the grocery store to buy whatever she needed. She hesitantly accepted. When we were in the grocery store, she seemed reluctant to put anything in the cart. She chose a couple of items like milk and bread, 
I asked, what else do you need? She didn't know what to say. So I suggested, what about some peanut butter and jelly or cereal? She agreed. So I picked up some cookies and a few other items. The total was a bit over $40. How many of us spend $40 without even thinking about it? She thanked me several times. And when we were in the parking lot, we got back in my truck and I asked where she lived. She lived in a trailer park about three miles from where I had picked her up. We pulled up to the trailer. I noticed a lady standing in the doorway. The young woman jumped out of my truck and shouted, Mom, Mom, I, got th- I met this guy and he went and bought us groceries. Now the kids can have milk in the morning. Then she said, and he loves his wife, let me tell you. Her mother stepped a little further out of the doorway and asked, Are you an angel? Well, I mean, there are people in this world who literally think that just that kind of kindness like, makes you an angel. Well, maybe, I replied. The young woman handed bags of groceries to her mom, taken inside, and said, thank you several more times. She was about to step inside herself when I said, wait a minute, come here. I have something else for you. She came out. I gave her another $100 bill. She didn't know what to say. I said, here's some money for groceries for later in the week. Have a good night. She thanked me yet again. I got back in my truck and headed home. There are so many opportunities to help people by being generous. And and this is part of, of, of the doctrine of sacrifice and how it really screws us up as lawyers. Because on the one hand, we are taught that we should be generous, that we should do pro bono services, right? But on the other hand, we're taught that we shouldn't concern ourselves with the finances of our law firm. Well, a few minutes ago, you all agreed that if you don't concern yourself with the finances of your law firm, the marketing, the sales, the factory, the equipment, the staff, all of that's going to go away. So you've got to be concerned with the finances of your law firm if you are going to be generous with your, with your career. And being generous with your career feels good. It's good for your soul. It's good for the souls of everyone around you. Now, the topic of today's meeting is networking. It's important to be generous with everyone around you. How many of you read The Go-Giver? You got the point. You've got to have a fiscally sound business with good processes and policies and systems and procedures so you are not a slave to your law firm so that you can go out and do the networking that you need to do to spread your message. And when you go out and spread that message in your networking and it comes from a place of authenticity and sincerity and a place from the heart, business will come to you and you'll have a long-term, sustainable, and growing law firm. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more lessons from the vault. Before we go, a reminder that we talked to Arjun into doing a special Q&A session for podcast listeners. If you would like to ask Arjun a question, please send your question to teamarjun at gmail.com. Again, that's T-E-A-M-R-J-O-N at gmail.com. See you next time.